You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. You're listening to the E2C Network podcast by Auburn fans for Auburn fans. Brought to you by the Auburn Uniform Database. Visit them at auburnuniforms.com Where you go Auburn fans? Welcome to No Huddle. Your source for Auburn football news and discussion. Part of the E2C Network. I'm AJ Richardson and I'm also here with my buddy Jared Davis. He's actually my new co-host. Really excited to have him on. Let's talk about the NFL combine uh, the nfl combine just happened last week uh, march or february 27th through march 2nd um, this was the most invites i don't know if you knew this of any malzahn era we had nine guys get invited uh to the nfl combine uh which is huge um and uh the nfl combine is happening later in april april 23rd um so excited about that um Jared and I, I'm sure we'll be doing podcasts uh, talking about where the guys land um, uh, after the pod after the NFL draft. But let's talk about what happened in the NFL Combine. So um, I'm going to save Derek Brown for last because I, I want to save him. Uh, so because there's just a lot of stuff going on with him, um, and I kind of want to save him for last. But let's talk about Nick Coe. Um, Technically, I saw this. I thought it was kind of interesting. Um, he was categorized as a linebacker. Yeah, you know, I've heard people say that. And, I mean, I think one of his downfalls this year, if I'm not mistaken, I don't know that we really had a position for him. I think we mm. were kind of slotting him everywhere. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I, the NFL is known for taking defensive linemen and make, turning them into linebackers. So. Yeah. Um, but, yeah. Yeah, I, and he – and he had honestly a really weird senior season where I felt like he was probably in the doghouse for most of it. Yeah, and I didn't know that until I mean I think it was coming up on Georgia. Like I didn't maybe I didn't keep up enough. I didn't realize he was you know in the doghouse. Yeah, and I think it was just lack of effort. There was I knew there was one point where he had to sit out either half a game or a full game because he just wasn't giving effort in practice or didn't show up for a practice or something like that. And I, I, I was kind of sad because I remembered heading into the 2019 season, Nick Coe was in addition to Marlon Davis and Derek Brown, the guys that I was really looking forward to watching. And I felt like we didn't get to see Nick Coe this last year do hardly anything. Yeah. Nick um, Coe was, he's been gifted with a lot of physical abilities. So I hope he can somehow, you know, put it together, and I know what they go through is not easy. Yeah. So I'm not making light of that, but yeah, I wish if he can put it together, man, he he could have a career. Yeah, absolutely. And, and it sounds like the NFL is probably looking at putting him as more of like an edge rusher, um, maybe in certain schemes where you know it's going to be passing down. Put him as the edge rusher um, to get pressure on the quarterback. Um, I, I mean that that would be 
really an ideal kind of situation for him. Um, and then as he's working as probably a backup, you know, just get some more reps in the NFL level and, uh, maybe make it as a starter. Um, because he probably, he's probably got to find his spot in the NFL. Yep. And they got a lot of guys that can, you know, put you in certain schemes. The biggie with him is going to be overcoming that, you know, what put him in the doghouse. Cause they're going to want to yeah. know that. Um, Oh yeah, I'm sure. Yeah. Uh, another guy, Marlon Davidson, we've talked about him a little bit. Uh, he was the SEC defensive lineman of the week four times, four <laughs> times in 2019. Um, he ended up running a 40 time of uh, 5.04, so a little over five seconds. And uh, uh, he benched 21 reps. Uh, pretty impressive. That's all. <laughs> uh, numbers there. I couldn't bench one rep probably. Yeah, and that's 225 pounds. <laughs> like, put that in perspective yeah that's that's like Pretty that's impressive. like that's putting a, a grown man yes on a on a in benching it like yes. that that's ridiculous yeah um but it, it sounds like marlin has really made his name known um and a lot of that has been uh just with how i feel like he's kind of been under the shadow of Derek brown uh this past season but at the same time marlin davidson with how many defensive linemen of the weeks he's got, you had to think this guy was going to pretty much raise his stock. Um, especially, and we can jump into this, but uh, one of the topics that uh, we had thought about was Derek Brown and Marlon Davidson, obviously coming back for their senior years was big. It was really big for Auburn. Um, it showed the commitment to, Hey, we're, we're not done here. Let's, let's really, come back and make 2019 a special year. I felt like we were on the cusp a lot of times of uh, making that a super special year. And uh, a lot of times that had to do with how Marlon Davidson, Derek Brown and Prince Tega played. Um, but I mean, how do you think both uh, Marlon Davidson, and Derek Brown coming back, how do you think that helped their, their draft stock? Well, real quick, I want to give both of them credit because uh, not only did they play the season, I mean, they played the bowl game, and we're in an era where, you know, nobody does that. So kudos to those guys. Um, as far as their draft stock goes, I know that it's very easy to say Derrick Brown probably helped himself out the most, and he may very well have. I think mm-hmm. he was probably projected top 20 last year, and yeah. now he, you know, some people have him going number five, and that's huge, and, and it's big for him and big for Auburn. Uh, but Marlon, I got to be honest with you, I didn't hear anybody talking about Marlon getting drafted, and if if you did, it was third round. And yeah. now to be talking about how he may be in the first round, um, I, I, I mean, I think I can make an argument that Marlon did himself, you know, better service by coming back than Derek Brown did. Yeah, no, you make a good point about Marlon. Uh, if you go from a third rounder, I don't know what they're making, but I'm sure you're making a lot more. Uh, if you get a late, you know, first round, which is kind of what some of the the mock drafts are putting them at now, or even a, a first, like at the beginning of the second round. So, I mean, that's huge. That's a huge deal for Marlon. Um, and I could see him being in the league as long as he stays healthy for five, six, seven, eight years, um, doing his thing. Um, if he does really well. Yeah, we got to see a little more about him. He came out a little more of his shell this year, and he just seems like a good guy. And mm-hmm. it was fun to watch him and Derek joke about yeah. who was going to be defensive person player of the week. <laughs> that was always fun. Yeah. 
Um, and he got to see Marlon Davidson's just personality come out. Like he said with his quote, um, that at the combine, you know, he's just excited. He's just a kid, he loves... man. He's just having <laughs> yeah. fun. And that's what you want to see. Yeah, for sure. Um, another guy that went to the combine, Javaris Davis, uh, cornerback, uh, he ran a sub four, four 40. Was he the one that Deion Sanders said, I I know speed and that speed? He watched Oh, yeah. Yeah, was that him? I think that was him. I think it was. I think you're right. Um, But he ran it at 4.39. It sounded like he's – I don't know exactly where he'll be drafted, but it's going to be like in that second or third day of of the NFL draft, more than likely. His Um, height's going to get him, I think. I I could be wrong. I think he's like maybe 5'8", but um, yeah. But he's he's got he's got heart and uh, he's fast. (laughs) Yeah, and and a lot of times if you can just play physical, which uh, we had um, with Ben King and I, we had our um, before Javaris Davis, we had the Carlton Davis watch, um, and then we turned it into the Javaris Davis watch. Yeah, Um, he was always a fun one to watch, Um, and. I'm really excited to see if he, he can really make it, even though he's, I think he's, like you said, in that 5'8", 5'10", range, which is pretty short for a cornerback in the NFL. But, uh, I mean, it's kind of looking like he could probably be a backup. Um, this I mean, even in his first year. Um, and then if, you know, the cards fall the right way, and uh, he might become a starter, um, right. even in his first year. Well, yeah, Matt, there's, I didn't realize. I think maybe New England had a starter that I – forgot all about that played at Auburn so I mean you know those guys can find talent and put you in the right yeah. places so very true uh another guy Jack Driscoll offensive tackle um he actually for offensive tackle ran a pretty good 40 time I think you have the um, fastest of offensive linemen or something yeah a 5.02 so just a little over five seconds for a big guy like him very impressive um now how how often is a 40 used for offensive <laughs> i don't know <laughs> i've often wondered why that's become the i'm like how I, yeah i'm like why are we worried but i think yeah, yeah i don't know yeah but just to put in perspective the 5.02 so you know we can take jabs at some georgia fans here and jake Fromm, but jake <laughs> Fromm ran a 40 time of 5.01 wow and and he one of his other reps was 5.11 so you're looking at Jack Driscoll running at the same speed as a SEC caliber quarterback in Jake Fromm. That's crazy. That's awesome. Yeah, that's crazy. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, yeah, we'll see how Jack Driscoll does in the actual draft. Um, I'm thinking he'll probably end up being like a free agent. Somebody picks up and uh, may earn a spot uh, maybe on a roster. Um, if not, probably on like a practice squad. Uh, let's talk about Noah Igbenogany. Um, can you say his name, Jared? The no. test. I, I, in fact, somebody <laughs> said the other day, Gus. Gus said when he first came on campus, we're just going to call him Iggy. <laughs> I'm like, yep. that's what I'm going to stick with. Yep, yep. I, I for the longest time did that, and I was like, I, I'm going to try. I'm going to really. You uh, did good. You know, vowel for vowel, word for word, or like everything. I'm just going to go for it, I, and uh, I, I, it took you, me a while. I, What's the uh, what's the odds that uh, I think I heard somebody talking about this on another podcast? Roger Goodell messing that up. <laughs> yeah, that, right. That's gonna happen. Oh yeah, you know it's probably gonna happen. Um, they're probably just gonna be like Noah Iggy, yeah, or something. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Yeah, just leave it. Or they're at just Noah. gonna be like Noah Igbenogbenogbenogbenogbenogbenogbenogbenogbenogbenogbenogbenogbenogbenogbenogbenogbenogbenogbenogbenogbenogbenogbenogbenogbenogbenogbenogbenogbenogbenogbenogben
Um, but Noah's, uh, Noah of all of them, um, let's remember who he is. He's, he's the guy that decided, uh, and it's just in his last, like pretty much at the end of his sophomore year and at, pretty much in his junior year to switch over, um, to play, uh, on the defensive side of the ball at cornerback. And, uh, he's of all the players, probably one of the most improved, um, and, and just continues to improve, um, and he's I mean, in the two years that I've been watching him play DB, he's become the guy that I feel like Auburn puts on whoever the wide receiver, the best wide receiver on the other team is. Um, and that's saying a lot for a guy who just really honestly hadn't played on the defensive side of the ball consistently. Um, so to do that at the SEC level is very impressive. Yeah I, yeah, I equate him to almost a, a high school guy in basketball before they had to play here in college coming out. He's got a lot of raw talent. Um, he just hadn't played the position very long, but um, I think the I think the scouts can see what his ceiling is, and it's pretty high. Yeah, I mean, I think you've seen it too. Aggies right now, I mean, I've seen in one or two mock drafts him going late first round. Yeah, I mean, that, that – I mean, we can talk about Marlon and Derek, but I mean, I don't, I don't think Iggy was even being considered. Of course, uh-uh. he couldn't come out last no. year, but um, yeah, it's amazing what he's been able to do. And kudos to the defensive coaches for seeing that. I saw Cody Burns say the yeah. other day that he still tears up losing him uh, from the yeah. receiver core. <laughs> yeah, but it was I mean, a great you know, decision. you're you're losing a great one. Yeah. Um, let's talk about our punter which I think shocked you, shocked yeah. me, shocked all Auburn fans, shocked Gus, um, Mr. Aaron Sipos. Did you know, apparently his last name is Sipos. Not Sipos, okay. But I had said Sipos, Sipos, I, I, but it's Sipos, okay. I, I never tried to pronounce it, you know, but I think yeah. you have a point <laughs> You have a, a point down here, and I think after I think about it, this is why he probably went pro. He's, he's 27 years old, Yeah, and he has a kid. Um, mm-hmm. and I think at that point you, you have to make different life decisions. Yeah. Um, but it did shock yeah. everybody. Yeah. I mean, you're, you're looking at a guy who came in, he still had another year of eligibility, uh, in college, but at the same time he's 27 and, uh, somebody pointed out by the time he, if he gets drafted and he makes it onto a team, he'll be 28. Yeah. So, I mean, the, the lifespan of a punter or a kicker, and the NFL is a lot longer than pretty much any other position. But, I mean, it's still pretty old. Yeah, and, I mean, uh, yeah. And now the question is, is he going in as a receiver, um, like <laughs> in the Alabama game, or is he going in as a punter? <laughs> Nobody's confirmed that yet. But Hey, he's a – I think he's like 6'2", six 6'3", six yeah. something like he that. He created a stir for Alabama for – That's right. For at least a second. So uh, Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, Aaron's – over the last couple of years, he's averaged about 44 yards per punt, um, which is good. It's not terrible, but one of the best things that I've noted um, is his hang time. His hang time of just sticking it up in the air and pretty much placing it where he wants to, where the the guy returning really doesn't have a chance. Uh, and that's exactly what you want. You want placement. You want height. You still want a good amount of uh, length, uh, but we'll see. We'll see what the NFL really thinks of him um, because that it's it, 
yeah, again, it kind of took us. It took everybody I, by surprise. I don't know if we've yeah. still figured out that replacement, but, um, you know, Bo Nix had a couple of punts and he did pretty well. Maybe we just keep mm-hmm. him out there. Maybe. <laughs> uh, let's talk about it. the last remaining three guys that were at the NFL Combine, and uh, then we'll wrap it up. Uh, Daniel Thomas, uh, our safety, um, he had a 40 time of 4.51. Uh, pretty decent, uh, pretty good. 40 time there uh what honestly pretty impressed me was his bench he had 24 reps let's put that in perspective compare that to marlon davidson and nick Coe. both of them had 21 reps so you're looking at a safety who does more bench reps that's that's pretty impressive yeah i think and i think he might have he may have led the uh I don't know how they categorize them, but I think he led the the DBs and safeties in that. Yeah, I think he might. I think he. I think he drew some eyebrows on on that bench press. Yeah, and I mean that just shows a lot of times the bench press is how much power do you have behind you, and that's that's impressive. He's obviously got the forty. You know, he's he's a quick guy, and uh, honestly, for for a guy like Daniel Thomas, um, I don't know how much you know of the backstory, Jared, but his backstory was he wasn't really getting recruited by many big schools. Uh, and Auburn pretty much, I think it was like the day before or the day or a couple of days before, uh, the signing day, they decided let's, let's offer this guy, um, to come to Auburn. And Daniel Thomas ended up taking him up and, uh, you know, you see how great he was. And yet, there weren't many schools out there going after him. If they were going after him, they were the smaller, like a Rutgers or something. Um, so yeah, yeah he's, you're seeing how great he's become. Yeah. He's, he's, uh, that's what hard work. These guys got talent. It's, you got to come in and work hard and he did. And, uh, hopefully it pans out, even if it's a free agent deal that he can make some money in the NFL. Yeah, for sure. Uh, last couple guys, Prince Tegan Winogo. We talked about him a little bit. Um, He's been, uh, even though we, I feel like we, we can bash a lot on the offensive line, he, of all the guys, was just a ton of raw talent that came to Auburn, and they were able to mold him into an offensive tackle um, and become a great uh, part of that offensive line. Um, and uh, one of the things that, uh, you know, we'll, we'll probably see how well he does, but I, I don't think he was able to do much at the combine because of that um, – still the issue with his knee um but he's still projected to kind of be probably one of a starter in the next couple seasons so i mean that's that's very impressive for a guy that um just came to america a few years ago and uh is still pretty much learning the sport of football yeah he's a lot like iggy honestly i mean i know he played offensive line longer than you know iggy probably played uh, db but yeah i mean he he hadn't even been in america too yeah. long and uh, did he come over as a defensive guy or uh, yeah i think you're right yeah i think he came over the defensive guy and we flipped him around and you know he's been hurt a lot man i mean he was projected pretty good last year and he came back and i don't know that it actually helped him um it helped auburn but i don't know that it helped him but yeah hope, hoping the best for him that he gets a, a pretty high pick yeah for sure uh the last guy i had on my list uh is Derek brown so uh leaving the best for last probably the guy that I mean, he's he's pretty much a lock at this point to be a top ten draft pick. Um, I've seen him projected to go seventh to the Panthers, eighth to the Arizona Cardinals, 
or uh, I know Clint Richardson is going to be super excited about this uh, ninth pick uh, to the Jaguars. Um, so he's he's definitely in that range. And then I think you've even seen him as far as up to five, right? Yeah, I saw. Uh, I don't maybe Tampa is that their fifth? I don't know who's picking fifth. I want to say I've seen that um, the highest I've seen him at is five. Um, yeah, but uh, yeah, I, I think you're right. I think people would be surprised if he dropped below 10 yeah some people were kind of joking that some of the uh teams around 20 were their fans were excited about his lack of speed apparently at the combine because they were hoping (laughs) he would fall to them yeah Um, but i just don't think that's going to happen yeah there's apparently a couple drills that he ended up doing i think it was like the three cone drill or something like that and apparently he ran it in one of the slowest times in nfl combine history or something and i was like I wonder what, like, what was up that day? Like, did he, I don't know. Like, I just can't imagine him being that slow. Yeah, I don't think. Of all the, You um, know what, if I was Derek Brown, I would just send, I would make a gif of me throwing an LSU lineman into Joe Burrow. <laughs> and that would be yep. my, I, when they asked me to the combine, I would send them that video and say, call yep. me, call me on April yep. 23rd. That's right. It, that's so true. I mean, and that's the thing where you got to, pretty much take into account how much do you account for you know the body of work of him uh, throughout the season and throughout the season previous at Auburn and how much do you take into account this NFL combine of just you know all right what are the hard data points of how fast you run how quick can you turn around and that kind of stuff I mean obviously those things do kind of correlate but I mean in the end you're looking at a guy that can manhandle can manhandle yeah. pretty much anybody. And there's some very impressive teams that he was able to manhandle. Alabama's offensive line, for one, is a very highly touted offensive line. And he 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 was like, you know what? I don't care. I'm I'm still gonna be the Derek Brown that I am and uh play well there too. Yeah, I mean, if they called holding at all in the LSU game, and I'm not saying <laughs> that's why we lost, but if they call holding at all, I mean him and Marlon Davidson yeah. just would have manhandled but believe it or not, would a man handle Joe Burrow? I mean, that was – yeah. I mean, every video clip has them being wrapped around the neck. So but. true. Um, yeah, so I think that about wraps up our discussion on uh, the NFL Combine. Um, a couple other pieces of news. Uh, so if you haven't heard, A-Day game uh, is going to be April 11th, and it's going to be at 1 p.m. Central time. And uh, we were talking about this uh, off air, but – uh, it's also Masters weekend, and then it's also Easter weekend. Like, do do they want us to come to this game? <laughs> I mean, like, I know it's a spring game, but like, I feel like they're just like, eh, we we're, we're trying to put this on the worst weekend. Possible. Yeah, let's have it when everything else is going on. Which, okay, here's my theory. Gus Malzahn, first off, doesn't really like that we have an open practice. Like, he tries to keep as many closed practices as possible. Mm. So my theory is he was like, can we plan it on that weekend, please? Yeah. So we don't, we don't give away too much. Like, yeah. Yeah. I mean, obviously it's still going to be recorded on TV or whatever, but it's less eyes. It's less eyes. Yeah. He, you know, everything these coaches do is calculated. I can promise you that. So there was a reason. Um, And that could be it. That's a good point. Um, We're in Atlanta. You know, I'm in Atlanta. It'll probably snow that weekend. You know how weather is in the South. Yeah. Even though it's in April, so it'll just make it even crazier. Yeah, for sure. 
Uh, Jared, before we get out of here, do you want to give them your uh, ways that I can get in touch with you um, and then we can get out of here? Yeah. Um, uh, actually, I don't even know what I am on Instagram. <laughs> you can, <laughs> I don't actually talk a lot about Auburn uh, on my Facebook, but you can definitely, for right now, check me out on Facebook. It's just uh, Jared, J-A-R-E-D, Davis, D-A-V-I-S. And uh, I'll try to update the other platforms and give y'all some more ways to follow me in the future. Yeah, and uh, you can find me pretty much on any social media as well uh, at probably A-J-A-Y-J-A-Y underscore. If not, it's probably just search A.J. Richardson. There you go. <laughs> uh, it's always great to be an Auburn Tiger and War Eagle. War Eagle. Before you get out of here, we want to remind you of a couple of things. Head over to E2Cnetwork.com, our website where you can find everything that you'll ever need from us, podcasts, blogs, and even ways to help support the show. If you want to find individual episodes, you can download all of these on iTunes, SoundCloud, and Google Play. So until we see you again, I want to remind you of one thing, that here at the network, we believe in Auburn and love it. The only question remains, do you?